welcome to part two of the sororities episode of talking shit about this is me dj lizard breath aka elizabeth whipperman no h i am here with shorty and we in part one discussed the structure of sororities and her personal experience in them now we're going to get to the night from hell we're going to talk a little bit about how she left and the aftermath of it she's going to tell us some stories about frats and then give some advice for anyone interested or thinking about joining a sorority and then we're going to do something which i had been waiting the entire time to do which is compare them to cults um so that's the meat of this episode and Surprise, surprise, I think they're a cult. So I'm going to go ahead and let us get into it and talk some shit. call this story the night from hell because it literally was the night from hell so it was like november so it was like way before i dropped it was like november of 2018 and it was a night where we had multiple girls get flat out drunk and majority of these girls were underage like majority were underage so basically i was trying to sleep my roommate was trying to sleep and um in the room next to us, one of the girls that I knew who's super sweet, she's so stinking kind. She was super drunk and she was crying and bloody murder screaming, get me out of this place, get me out. I want to leave. I hate this place. Let me leave. I hate this place. Like, please let me leave. Get me out of here. Like, please, please let me leave. I hate this place so much. And she's like drunk and she's like bawling her eyes out. And there's like then the ba- both the second and the third floor bathroom, even the first floor bathroom, there are girls puking their guts out, like just puking everywhere. And girls screaming, girls crying, girls yelling, like it was super loud and it was really overwhelming. And I remember going in the room with that girl who was like crying and she was a mess. And there was like four girls around her being like, calm down, it's okay, be quiet. Like people are trying to sleep, like, it's okay. Like, you'll be okay. Like, no, people love you. Like, just go to bed. And it was just, and I remember like, I left and I went to a friend's house and he was like, yeah, come on in. And we had a clap, I had a cup of tea and we watched like a movie and fell asleep. And I told him about it and he was like, oh my God, that's awful. And I was like, yeah, it wasn't like one girl. It was like, there was these three girls who were crying and screaming And then every single bathroom stall was filled with a girl who was throwing up, like throwing her guts up. And I remember the next day, our house mom came out and she was pissed. She was like, I had to pick up so much puke this morning. Like so much puke. Like you guys puked on the kitchen table. You guys puked all over the first floor bathroom. You puked puked all over the second floor bathroom and the third floor bathroom. And if any of you clean it up, no. So guess what I got to do this morning? I got to clean up all your throw up everywhere. She was pissed. Rightfully so. 
And I just, yeah, I just call, we'd call it the night from hell. We call it the literal night from hell because it was terrible. It was horrible. But, but one thing my story did teach me really well was how to take care of drunk people. That was something they really taught me well. <laughs> like I had a friend of mine who got really drunk and, you know, I gave her water, I gave her food, I took her home. And I remember she was so shocked because the next morning she like woke up and she like whacked me. And she, I, was, I was like, ow. And she's like, oh my God, it's you? What are you still doing here? And I was like, I slept next to you the whole night to make sure you didn't choke on your own throat and die. And she was like, no one's ever done that for me before. And I was like, yeah. In the sorority, we put a backpack on you and check on you every single two hours while you sleep to make sure you don't die. That's like what we do. Like we don't just leave someone who's drunk in the room alone because like they're going to die potentially. And we just don't do that. And she's like, wow. And I was like, yeah, that's something the sorority has taught me is how to be there for someone when they're really, really drunk and how to hold women's hair back and make sure when they puke, they puke in the bucket and give them a correct food to eat and not the wrong food to eat. And then to like, how to wake up and check on people and make sure that they're not like, you know, dying because they got alcohol poisoning, which a lot of girls did. A lot of girls were like, you know, was it, let's say like, they were like pull trig. Like that was one of the terms when the house was like, oh, I'm going to just pull trig really quick and then I'm going to go drink some more. And it was like, and it was like, they literally would like stick two fingers down their throat, pull, like pull something in their throat, throw up the alcohol they drank and go drink more. And it was like a common thing that girls would do. It's disgusting. It's I mean, like, like I've drank so much and thrown up and then kept drinking, but that was just because like I was drunk. You know, not like I'm going to purposely like, ugh, yeah. God, gross. Yeah, no girls like purposely do that. They purposely do it. But anyways, going back to like when I left, um, mm-hmm. I had to give it back everything. And that was so difficult and that was like hard. And then along with that, like it was just, it was also freeing because I got my own apartment and my own space. And I got my dog, which I wasn't allowed to have in the sorority. And I was finally free to like be a part of KBGA, go to shows, do different things that I wanted to do without judgment. And some of the sorority sisters that I had reached out to me and hung out with me still after I finished work, after I finished being a part of it. But there was a lot of girls who didn't ever talk to me again. And a few months ago, I was at I went into a sushi place in Missoula with um, my with Maddie, a really good friend, and four of my sorority girls, sorority sisters walked out, all of which were older than me. And out of the four of them, three of them glared at me, and one of them said hi to me. And the hi that she gave me was an actual genuine, oh my gosh, hi, good to see you. And the rest of them were like, just glared at me, like full on, like, what are you doing here? Like, ugh. But um, yeah, and then some of them that I've seen, they're like, some of them are like really nice. And a lot of the freshmen that like I knew when I left, when they saw me the next semester, like, oh my God, I didn't even recognize you. Because from the time I left the sorority to the time that like fall semester had begun, I had lost all the weight that I gained, if not more. Like I lost like a good like 30 to 40 pounds over that summer. Not because I was trying to, but because like I wasn't in that really high stress environment anymore. My mental health was doing a lot better. I was doing a lot better, period. 
Um, I had a dog that I was taking for walks and going for on hikes with, and I had a lot more freedom to be myself. And so I think with all of that, like, I just was able to be who I wanted to be without judgment. And that was really nice. But yeah, like looking back, I mean, everyone's experience and sororities are different. Mine was a really negative one. And I had a coworker of mine this summer who's in a sorority and she was, she got her own apartment because her mental health was so bad inside of it. And she told me, she's like, yeah, they said that like, the only reason why I was able to leave the sorority was because of my mental health. And that was like a rare thing. Like typically they don't let girls live out because of their mental health. And that's true for a lot of sororities. Like a lot of sororities will not let you leave before your two years is up because it gives, it gets money for them. Like it's just money. It's revenue for them to continue to exist. And if you want to live out, it's less money that they get from you. And that's why you have, we had like quotas for women that we needed in our sorority every single year, because we needed more women to pay money to be part of it so we could continue to exist. And that's something I really saw at the end of it was like, oh, wow, you just want me for my money. You really just want me for my money. Another thing that I learned too, while I was a part of it is that like, there's a lot of wealth disparity within sororities. Like there was a few of us girls who were really poor and were paying for it out of our own pockets every single semester. And then the other side of things, there were girls who were spending $1,000 a month at frat houses, buying them t-shirts, beer, alcohol, whatever the fraternity wanted because they just wanted to do that. And it was really difficult because, you know, all of us girls who really need those scholarships and were really struggling financially, the girls who weren't were like, would look down upon you. And that wealth disparity too was really difficult because it was just like sad to watch these women who had a bunch of money and who were really privileged treat people who were not as privileged as them so poorly. And then one of the reasons why fraternities and sororities exist, well, yeah, the reason why fraternities and sororities exist, coexist, and the reason why sororities are meant to only be women and fraternities are only meant to only be men is because back in the day, sororities and fraternities were so expensive that only higher class people could be in them. And so it was a way for high class women to marry into high class men's lives and like live still a high class life. And that's part of the reason why like frats and sororities are positioned so close together and are encouraged to go to social events together is because like of a tradition of a sorority woman marrying a frat boy. And because like they come from similar paths because typically sorority girls are rich and frat boys are also rich. And also too, because like the initiation processes for sororities and pretties are somewhat similar. And I'll go on a little tangent here in a second about frat, frat boys and what I've been told and what I've witnessed about frat boys and just frats in general too. Um, but yeah, I mean, being a part of sorority sucked. I mean, looking back, like there was more bad times than good times. And like, I really wish I could go back to like 18 year old me and just shake her and be like, don't do it. Like, just don't do it. It's not worth your money. It's not worth your time. They're not going to love you. They're not going to care for you. They're not going to support you the way you need to. You will find the people that you need to find on campus. Trust me. Do not join that place. Do not go and do that because you will come out granted a stronger person, but you will come out with a lot of pain and a lot of trauma and a lot of suffering. Yeah. But along with that too, fraternities are not 
good places either. Like you go into a frat house, the floor is sticky, men get drunk every single weekend. Men talk about women as if they're toys. I've witnessed it, I've seen it firsthand. And guys being like, I'm gonna go talk to her because she's hot. And I really just wanna like, I just really wanna sleep with a hot girl tonight. And that's what I wanna do. I was dating someone at one point who was in a frat and fraternities are allowed to have alcohol, sewers are not, which I think is really backwards. I think it's kind of sexist that men are allowed to have alcohol in their house, but women are not. And because like women are more likely to abuse it, which is like, men also abuse it a lot. And frat boys are kind of functioning alcoholics as well. I remember seeing someone who's in a frat and he was rushing the frat. And on the campus, it just gone from like frat houses were allowed to have hard liquor and beer and wine to they're only allowed to have beer and wine. And since he was rushing, what the frat, his frat brothers did is they made him and all the other new recruits, all the other boys are rushing one night drink all of the hard liquor like made them drink all of it not even like they had a choice it's like if you want to be a part of this brotherhood you have to drink this whole entire bottle of vodka tonight and I remember he would have it where like he would it'd be like a Wednesday night and he would go to his frat house and he would get hammered not because he wanted to because his brothers would pressure him into it And I remember he would pressure me to drink and he would pressure me to go to parties. And I hated it. Like, I remember a couple of nights, like he would pressure me into like drinking a lot of alcohol and then he'd take me back to his dorm room and that kind of stuff. And it was, I mean, it was awful. Like it was terrible having that kind of pressure and feeling as though in order to be cool, in order to date him, I had to go be drunk all the time with him. And that was difficult and that was hard. and yeah, he was not a great person either. Um, and then I, I knew of somebody who rushed in a frat house. And when he was rushing, the, the men in the frat house took him to this back room and they had glass jars full of roofies, like full of roofies. And this was like a couple of years ago, not even like 20 years ago. It was like two, three years ago, maybe. And more like two. And he like went to the back room and they're like, if you want to be a part of our fraternity, you have to use one of these on a woman tonight and get with her. Like you have to use a roofie and you have to roofie one of the women that come to the party tonight and you have to sleep with her. And that was like one of the things that was like in order to show brotherhood, they had to do that. And I told this person because like they said no and they'd walked to their fraternity and been like, this is messed up. Like, I don't want to be part of any of this. And I told them, I was like, you need to go to the person who is in charge of all the fraternities on campus and tell them this, because this is messed up and this is bad. And you need to say, and he's like, well, I don't want to do that. Cause like, you know, like I still like, there's some guys I'm friends with there. And like, I don't want to mess up our friendships. I was like, no, no, no. You need to go tell them because like they're roofing girls as a part of their their initiation process. That's not okay. This is 2020. This is like, I think it was like 2019. I was like, this is 2019. You can't be roofing girls. Like it's literally illegal. You're literally raping them. That's not okay. Um, but yeah, it was like they're roofing. And then there was like, they talk at women in a way that was really depleting. I like really, yeah, just like looked down upon them in a lot. Yeah, I mean like some frat boys were like actual nice people that you could be friends with. But then there was other ones who like literally just wanted to have as much sex as they could possibly have with women 
and would do whatever they could to do that. Frats are like, I don't really think highly of frats. Like I just, I just don't. I think frats are like when a guy tells me he was in fraternity, I immediately think, oh, like you did some stuff that it's not, I'm not approved of. And I still think that rape is a huge problem in Greek life at that campus. Um, and there's currently uh, an action group to, to abolish Greek life, which I think would be really, really good. I think abolishing Greek life would be amazing because so many men and women go into it looking for brotherhood or sisterhood and they come out of it making terrible choices, being alcoholics, having horrible mental health. A friend of mine was telling me about some girls that she knew her freshman year of college that went to sororities and the fact that like those girls had changed so much within a few weeks of being in that sorority. And like to the point in which like she didn't even recognize who they were as a person and didn't even recognize who they were at all. And that the person had lost themselves completely and that they had became, became brainwashed by it and that they had became like completely different and mean and rude. And I just looked at her and I was like, yeah, that's what will happen. Like they will, you'll go into it one person and you really have to stay with yourself and who you are and what your beliefs are and be connected outside of that and have things beside the sorority house. Otherwise you will get engulfed by it and you'll become somebody you do not recognize. And that's part of the reason too, I'm like, I'm so thankful that I was a part of KBJ and a part of different entities while I was in the sorority because those really reminded me who my who I am and what my beliefs are. So I didn't get lost in the whole, I'm gonna go get drunk this weekend because like that's what's socially acceptable in this place. And you know, I'm gonna wear this really, really revealing clothing when I go out because I want men to like me. And you know, my goal tonight is to get drunk and have sex. And you know, I'm gonna and I don't care if I throw up everywhere and make a mess of myself. But guess what? It's funny. And, you know, there are also still like girls who worked really hard in their academics and got good grades and everything, but it was like, they got good grades so they could go out on the weekends. They didn't get good grades because they really wanted to. Some of them did, but a lot of it was like, they got good grades because they knew in order to get drunk on the weekends, they had to get good grades. And so like, they would be the ones in bomb the night before their tests, like studying super duper hard because they hadn't studied at all the whole entire semester for the test. Sororities, that's my experience. That's, yeah, they're, ugh. So if you could talk to young Shorty, yeah. and obviously you would tell her not to join the sorority, right? No, I wouldn't. So assuming you didn't know what KBGA was and you're just sending her off to a college, doesn't matter where. Yeah. What would, where would you guide her? What would you tell her to look for? Yeah, like if I was to talk to young shorty or like young women anywhere who are looking who are looking for sisterhood, who are looking for people who really love her and support her, I would say look for student groups, look for clubs, and look for organizations on campus. Do not go into Greek life. Like, do not. You will find a lot better support groups through things that you like to do, um, things you're passionate about and things that you just like to do in general. So like, if you really, really like to swim, join a recreational swim team, do not join a sorority. If you are really searching for that sisterhood, go to an all women's book club, do not go to sorority. 
if you're looking to like, you know, get into climbing more, join a climbing club, don't go into sorority. Like do things that you like to do and hang out and meet people that have the same values of you as you. Like, I really wish that I would have, like, I mean, I knew I was going to be part of KBGA when I came into college. I was like, I want to be a DJ. That was like the first thing I, like, I remember that summer being like, I want to be a KBGA, I'm going to be a DJ. But like, even then, like, you know, if I didn't know what KBGA was, I probably would have gone in and, you know, if someone had told me like, don't join the sororities, I'd been like, well, whatever. But um, if I actually like, you leave them and didn't join them, I probably would have like looked for an outdoors group. I probably would have been more involved on campus. Um, I probably would have like became better friends with the people on my floor. I probably would have had a completely different college experience and maybe more of an enjoyable one. Like I really enjoyed my last semester, two semesters of college when I was in the sorority a lot. Um, and I really enjoyed being part of KBGA and not the sorority. Um, but yeah, I would say for any young woman out there who wants sisterhood of some kind and to feel loved, cared, and supported for, go join women's clubs and women's sports and women's activities. Do not go join a sorority. It will suck your money out of you and it will suck the life out of you. That is my experience. That's what I've known. There are some women who go into sororities and have an amazing, wonderful time and have an incredible experience. But a lot of them that I talk to about it, who've also been through it, they have the same pain that I have. They have the same outcome that I had. And a lot of women that I know of, at least from the sorority that I'm a part of or was a part of, um, they, when they finished and they look back on it, they've said, I really wish I didn't do it. I really wish I didn't join. I really wish I wasn't a part of it. Like I remember um, my grand big, I haven't talked to her in years, but um, I heard about her this summer and the fact that she heard that I dropped and she told somebody and she was like, I wish I would have done that. And she was like the president of fraternities and sororities on campus at the college. Like she was like the top dog. And even she was like, I really wished I wasn't a part of it. And I really wish that I left sooner because it was messed up. Yeah, that's what I would tell someone. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck sororities. Thank you for sharing yeah. your story. Yeah, oh it's nice to share it because like I haven't done it before. And I think it's a story that like a lot of people need to hear because like it's it's it's. I mean, it's my story. It's my personal experience. People have different personal experiences, but like it's, it's messed up. It's really messed up. And it's, it's nice to share it because a, to have other people be like, yeah, it was really messed up. is really comforting. You know, they agree with me and that what I went through, I'm not like crazy for it. And then I'm not a horrible person for thinking these things. Um, but also to just to like, kind of say like sorority and fraternity culture is culture that does not reflect, in my opinion, the United States we want to go towards and the future leaders we want to have in our country. And it sticks with the, like the, um, the Brett Shavanaugh's and um, yeah, the Brett, can we not Brett Shavanaugh's, Brett Kavanaugh's. Brett Ka- I knew exactly who you were talking about. Yeah, yeah Brett yeah, Kavanaugh. Yeah. yeah. That fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah. That him. <laughs> Maybe we'll do an episode about that guy. Just talk shit on him. Oh my gosh, there's so much dirt. Yeah, I'd have I just, to do a lot of research, but it'd be worth it. I mean, I just can't believe he got away with the stuff he did and he's on the Supreme Court now. Like, just can't believe it. 
but there's like there's frat guys who get a lot away with a lot of stuff and they you know their daddy's rich so they don't give anything or you know they're a part of the fraternity and the school really likes their fraternities um one thing that i would say that i heard about is that university of nebraska there is a huge thing going on with one of the fraternities i actually look it up right now so basically this like fraternity on the university of nebraska texas uh sigma chi which we have one at the u of m um there they 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 it sounds like they like suspended their own fraternity for a while because of a sexual assault allegation and they fought against the allegation really really hard and the whole entire campus came out and was like you need to shut down like the fact you did this is not okay but i mean that's something that happens all over the u.s like it's happening currently at u of m and like no one's saying anything about it no one's doing anything about it the alcoholism that's still rampant in those fraternities and sorority houses and the mental health issues and cases there like yeah no but yeah we don't want to per- perpetrate or create more brett Sh- brett shavanaugh's oh my god brett kavanaugh um, brett kavanaugh I keep saying shower. I don't know why I'm saying Brett. Brett, because it's chauvinist, maybe. So it's mm-hmm. like yep. chauvinist. Yeah. Chauvinist. Um, combine them. But yeah, more Brett Kavanaugh's. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like sorority girls that um are not really good people. I'm sure there's someone from like the Trump administration. Do you think Kellyanne Conway was in a sorority? I'm gonna I'm be surprised. I, I feel like she would be on one. I also met Kellyanne Conway in person before. Oh yeah, how was that? She. I feel like really she's probably nice. really nice in person. You know, I feel she's like really, she's really, really sweet. Nice. Well, she was. She was. She was okay. She was really sweet. Her husband was also very nice. Her kids were an absolute nightmare. To be honest, Claudia her, Conway. Cla- her kids. Yeah, the one who's like TikTok famous and stuff, and she's always oh, I'm like, gonna look this up because I've met all of her kids. I oh shit yeah claudia like there's like this whole thing where her mom would say like terrible shit to her and she'd have it like recorded and then she was like off and on twitter oh yeah nope i've met claudia and she i can't remember actually i think i did meet her yeah she was kind of the girl who was like i don't want to smile on your photographs i think this is stupid i don't want to be taking doing a zip line with you this is now just turned into a talking shit about the Conway family episode. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. Da, 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 da. Um, phi Beta Beta Kappa. Phi Beta Kappa. Phi That's beta an honor beta. society. It's honor society. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. yep. Is that different? It's probably different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, because there's like Delta Gamma. There's Kappa Kappa Gamma. There's A Phi there's Kappa Alpha Theta, there's Gamma Delta Gamma, there's Delta Delta, which is really funny with like the whole COVID mm-hmm. thing. I'm in a rush, Delta. There's like more stuff I can think of that I'm like this, and there's this, and there's that. But um, yeah, I really appreciate you being there for me throughout it all and supporting me and everyone in my life who was a part of that while I was going through it because they were really were my rocks and really just were the ones who helped me get out of that terrible place and um help me you know be the happy person I am now who is not as mentally ill well I am still mentally mm-hmm. ill but for other reasons besides my sorority hey basically yeah, doing a lot better but um yeah so thank you I really appreciate it and thank you for having me on here 
I, thank you. If you want to talk more shit about sororities, feel free to let me know. Yeah, maybe we'll do another parter or something. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I had my phone out and I had like a criteria of like cult stuff that I was going to go over. But like, wait, 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 what? So, okay. All right, fine. Well, fuck it. We'll do it. I'm just going to like list a couple of these things. These are like the basic like kind of characteristics. This is from the International Cultic Studies Association. Mm-hmm. So okay. the one that I am curious about is like the leader one because that might not fit like the sorority structure very well but mm-hmm. anyways i'm gonna shut up the group is focused on a living leader to whom members seem to display excessively zealous unquestioning commitment we do a founding person that a lot of the sorority girls love and are obsessed with mm-hmm. so like they're not living anymore but she's the founder of the sorority that I was a part of and we have like a photo of her in our house. And like we had a specific, her birthday was like a huge day in our house that we'd celebrate. And I always thought it was kind of weird that like we looked up to her so much. And it was like her and three other women, but no one ever talked about the other two. It was specifically like this one person who like, you know, initiated herself and then had like, or had her friend initiate her. And then she initiated her friend in the sorority and then they went from there. And now it's what it is. Um, but yeah, and then the women who founded the chapter at U of M, um, they were ones, they were like photos as well. And then we had a day called Founders Day that was all about them where we'd celebrate them and the fact they founded it. But people like wouldn't pray to her or like worship her. They'd more just be like, you are our founder and we look up to you so much because we love this foundation that you've created. Yeah. So the group is preoccupied with bringing in new members. Yes. 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 Recruitment. We had, um, we had quotas. We had to meet for recruitment. So you'd have to have like 23 plus new recruits every single semester and that was mostly I think because of money um not for any other reason except for money which brings us to the next one which is the group is preoccupied with making money yep yep wants to make money they want your dollars to survive they because if you don't go there and you don't live in the house in the house because it's, it's a big house like it has a lot of bedrooms it's on a big property. It's on a nice property in the university district. It's an expensive property to be on. Um, in order to like keep the house up and to like have the property, it costs a lot of money. And then just to run the sorority in general, it costs a lot of money. So like if people don't continue joining, like they're gonna struggle and they're gonna have to bow out. So yeah, wow, whoa. Okay, questioning, doubt, and dissent are discouraged or even punished. Well, it was interesting because you like, you know, said you wanted to like make it less clicky and stuff and that you were rewarded for like that piece. But then on like your more local level, it was sort of like any of the um, dissenting opinions you had about your sorority were kind of brushed off. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah, like you know it was one thing we talked about a lot was like there's this change that needed to happen but no one wanted to make the change mm-hmm. like there was things like there needed to be more diversity there needed to be more acceptance there needed to be more 
like care and support for people and like you know even saying like they didn't like the way the sorority was run like no one wasn't no one was physically punished but like people were passive aggressive towards them and people were rude to them and people said things behind their back and like I even had stuff said behind my back when it seemed like I wasn't like super into the sorority yeah I could definitely see that doubts and dissenting yeah um this one I don't know uh, mind-numbing techniques such as meditation, chanting, speaking in tongues, denunciation sessions, debilitating work routines are used to suppress doubts about the group and its leaders. I had someone tell me that they think that like sororities brainwash people and looking back there definitely is some kind of like brainwashing. There's a lot of chants that you do, a lot of chants, hmm. like not like satanic chants like that, but like songs that you sing and chants as in like cheerleading kind of chants that you do and things that you do during a chapter that are sacred that you do as a group and that are like you're like I'm I personally just I don't feel comfortable talking about exactly what those are but like there's things that you do as a group that kind of show your loyalty and show like remind you of why you're a part of it and the foundations of it it's things, it's like small traditions that we had within it that kind of definitely were not really questionable, but were could be, after having done them quite a while, could be considered like brainwashing. Um, a lot of the like recruitment videos um, of like all these happy, proud girls who were like loving their lives and everything that, um, and like talking about how much they love the place and everything that could have been considered like to some degree brainwashing because like you were forced to sit in that room and to watch that video. It wasn't a question if you wanted to or not. And then pref night was all about women talking about how much they loved the sorority and how much they loved being a part of it. And a lot of them were like lying about it to some degree. Like they were highlighting things that like they had happened like you know, once every single three months or so. And we're telling these women how amazing this place was when it really wasn't. The leadership dictates sometimes in great detail how members should think, act, and feel. For example, members must get permission from leaders to date, change jobs, get married. Leaders may prescribe what types of clothes to wear, where to live, how to discipline children, etc. The clothes to wear, 100%. Like, like, not like everyday clothes, but mm -hmm. um, it was definitely like recruitment week. You were told to wear a specific color, specific outfits on specific days. And if you did not have those things available to you or were not able to purchase them, you were looked down upon. If it said on, on water night and like on water rounds, you had to wear white, a white shirt, jean skirt and white shoes. And like there was, I remember we had to wear white shoes. I remember that night, like all the girls were bleaching their shoes beforehand because they'd gotten dirty. And there so many of them were so worried about not having bleached white shoes, like bright ass, like white teeth kind of shoes that were like shiny, that they're gonna get yelled at and that they were gonna be told, like be like, I think too, it used to be like you were fined. Like if you did something like that, you were like get fined money, like you get fined like 50 bucks for that and so none of them like I think at that point like we got rid of the fines for things but you like you would get like yeah you would get in trouble if you weren't wearing the correct clothes for recruitment and I mean you guys had to live in the house right and then if you didn't yeah. you had to have some sort of 
Yeah, yeah. So it was highly encouraged you lived in the house for two years. And the only ways you didn't have to live in the house were if you um, had like a health condition that didn't allow you to live in the house. Um, you couldn't like, if you couldn't afford it, which like usually they give you a scholarship if you couldn't afford it because they just want you to live in the house so bad. Or if you live with family off campus. So like a couple of the girls were, a couple of the girls um, were from Missoula. And so they were in the sorority, but they lived at their houses instead. Um, but yeah, you weren't allowed to live out until your second year of living. Like, so say you're a freshman, you could move in your sophomore year, but then your sophomore and junior year, you had to live in the sorority. And then your senior year, you could live off, you could live outside the sorority. Another weird thing too, that I'm like, I'm not allowed to do because I dropped is I'm not allowed anywhere on the premises. Like I'm not allowed to walk up to their house, the house, knock on the door, go inside anything. I'm not even allowed to step onto the grass. That is culty AF. Yeah, like I'm not allowed anywhere on the property. Like we had girls who had dropped and they were part of certain things because they're so friends with girls in the house. And in order to like even hang out with the girls that are still in the house, they had to hang out on the sidewalk outside of the house. And when they're hanging out on the sidewalk outside of the house, even then girls inside this sort of were like, they're not supposed to be on our property. And that sidewalk is technically our property and they're not supposed to be there. And then some girl was like, it's actually a public sidewalk. She can stand there. It's fine. Yeah, it's like, we'll fucking pull out the property corners if we have to. Like they're usually about 10 feet back from the curb, but that's, that's a problem for another time. The group is elitist, claiming a special exalted status for itself, its leaders and its members yeah I would say they are elitist and the fact that sorority girls and sorority culture kind of looks at themselves more highly and thinks of themselves more highly than like normal women that go to college like being a part of sorority like I'm a part of a sorority I'm better than all of you because I'm a part of this group of all women that supports loves and cares for all women and like you're not a part of it therefore you're not like cool or like it's also kind of classist. It's very classist too of like, I'm rich enough to be a part of this and you're not. And therefore like, I'm gonna look down upon you because you're not rich enough to be a part of this. Yeah, the next one is the group has a polarized us versus them mentality, which causes conflict with the wider society. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely like a lot of sorority girls who are just all about the sorority. We're kind of like, we're sorority girls and like people just don't understand us. And like, we're just different but like we're so cool and we're so amazing we're so awesome and I don't get why everybody doesn't want to be a sorority girl the group's leader is not accountable to any authorities do they mean like police authorities or like so it says as are if for example military commanders and ministers priests monks rabbis of mainstream denominations yeah I would say within like the sorority the the president of the sorority had authority, but she didn't have, she didn't act upon that authority. Like she had authority that she could have used, but she didn't. Like you can't prosecute anyone. Like, I mean, kind of you can, like by law, you can prosecute people through in the sorority because you sign like a physical contract, like a legal doc, you sign like legal documents to be a part of it. Um, and they're like legally binding and they can like sue you and stuff. I don't remember exactly what, I know like some, some of the documents were like about living in the house and paying the amount of money you said you're going to pay and that kind of stuff and following the rules. 
yeah, they don't have any authority to act on that, like to act on what they say. Like they can't. Yeah, like, they're they're like self governing, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, self governing for sure. Like the sorority system in general is definitely self governing. Like the only reason why you listen to your sorority president is because they're your support sorority president, not because they can like you know, take you to legal court and get you fired, like, and get, like, a bunch of money from you, like, yes, they can sue you, but, like, it's not them suing you, it's, like, national sorority suing you. Let's see, next one, um, the group teaches or implies that it supposedly exalted and justify means that members would have considered unethical before joining the group, and there was one you mentioned earlier that, um, Right. So your friend that said um, they were going to give rupees to people, right? Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, oh, but they were like my friends and I don't really want to turn them in. That's what that was. It was like in normal situations. Yeah, he may have never like he may have yeah. like immediately told somebody else. But because he's in a situation where it's like his social circle. Yeah. And that's know. like that's what frats can do is like they can really hang on to that of like well, this is the brotherhood if you want to be part of the brotherhood and you want to do this and like my sister's sorority that she was a part of was kind of that way like they changed her name when she went through rush and called her by a complete different name and the name itself was demeaning like it was like a demeaning name and they made her dress up in this like silly outfit and go around her campus for the sisterhood to show that she wanted to be a part of the sisterhood and like, I would say the hazing is definitely something that like that sororities and fraternities still do and it's still prevalent and people still die from hazing in sororities and fraternities every year. Like, I don't know what the exact statistics are for fraternities and sororities, but I feel like the statistics of people dying from hazing in fraternities is higher than the statistics of people dying in sororities from hazing. Because a lot of national sororities have outlawed hazing um, or like made it so you can't do it anymore, but there still is hazing tactics that are used within local chapters, I feel like that are not okay. Um, but I would say with that too, with the unethical thing of like the drinking and like all the underage drinking. I mean, granted in college, like you're gonna underage drink, you're in college, it's something that people do. Um, but I think that like in sororities and fraternities, it's more perpetrated. It's more like if you want to be a part of the sorority, you want to be a part of the fraternity, you need to get drunk tonight and be funny. And like you need to participate in these parties and go to these parties and get plastered and get wasted. And it's something unethical, in my opinion, to do. And But you get that pressure to do certain things that outside of those situations you wouldn't naturally do. Like if I was hanging out with you, like, well, actually, yeah, when I was hanging out with you, when I was you know, at KBGA events, underage, you never once would like pressure me to have a beer and no one on the staff would pressure me to have a beer. But if I was in a sorority situation and I was there and we, and we at night, we had car barring, I felt pressured to drink alcohol that night with those women. Speaking of influence, um, the leadership induces guilt feelings in members in order to control them. Oh yeah. 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 I would say, yeah. Like they make you like, I mean, the whole entire thing of like when I was doing Radiothon instead of being a part of the sorority, like they made me like not the leadership of themselves, but like the women inside of the sorority made me feel so bad for not giving all of my time to the sorority and for being a part of different things. And for something they, view, they viewed as like not 
good. Like they definitely like make you feel guilty for not being a part of the sorority and not being as much involved as other women. And they kind of hold the women who are in cabinet higher than you. And they're like, well, why don't you, why can't you apply for a cabinet position and be part of cabinet? Like if you really want to make change, then you need to be part of cabinet and you need to be like more involved in the sorority and show that you care more about the sorority. Cause right now it seems like you don't care at all. Yeah, I think you just might have covered the final three bullets, which are members' subservience to the group causes them to cut ties with family and friends and to give up personal goals and activities that were of interest before joining the group. Yep. Two, members are expected to devote inordinate amounts of time to the group. And then three, members are encouraged or required to live and or socialize only with their group members. Oh, yeah, like definitely there is girls who after they join stop talking with their friends from college because they changed so much and they're like, well, you don't understand what being a sorority is like, so therefore I don't want to hang out with you anymore. Um, I wouldn't say like family. I feel like there are some girls who like lost some family connections because they're part of sorority because their family just like disagree with it so much that they just like lost connection with some of their family members or the last two. Um, devoting like excessive amounts of time and then um living with or socializing only with your yeah group. so yeah. with a lot of time volunteer hours were definitely looked upon and then the more time you spent in the sorority the more highly you were looked upon so like if you were really involved with the sorority and with the frat houses you were kind of more popular and cool within the house versus people who focus more on their academic careers and focus more on their focus more on their academic careers and focus more on other things outside the sorority and then like being a like having friends outside the house like people looked at me so weird for having friends outside the house like you were allowed to but I would say that the big kicker with that one is like having to only live and be required to live with only your sorority sisters and the reason behind that was like for it was like for quote unquote like um sisterhood like you're required to live in the house with other women because of sisterhood. Like you don't want to be part of the sisterhood. You want to live with all your sisters in the same house, with the same roof. Like that's so sad. I thought you would want to be a part of it and want to live with all of your sisters. So yeah, good to know that sororities are called sweet. Yeah. I don't know. Something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Now I can go around saying I was a part of a cult. It's so weird. Um, <laughs> think about but I would say fraternities also hit that a lot like both of them probably hit it and pretty well yeah sororities definitely like take you in they kind of like instill different beliefs and things into you um than you normally would and people look at you really weird and people do kind of act towards you differently when they you'd say like I remember even people when I was a part of it and I was like yeah I'm part of sorority they'd always look at me so weird and they would like, people would assume things about me just from that. And then they'd hear me talk and be like, oh, wait. And I was like, yeah, being a part of sorority is in my whole entire life. And isn't my whole personality right now, nor do I want it to be. And I think because of that, like, I was able to kind of see through the woodwork and really see like what it's really all about and was able to leave. And while other women are trapped in it for their whole entire lives, because once you once you graduate, you go from being a part of the sorority to becoming a part of the alumni association. And you have the same exact kind of things. You have chapter meetings, you have 
um, events you're putting on, you have a philanthropy you're fundraising for. Basically, it's the same exact thing, except instead of living inside the house, you're living outside of the house and you're still with those women. So it's like a lifelong cult. I mean, if I could talk more about initiation, it would definitely probably get a little more culty. (laughs) I mean, initiation, like they never did anything bad, but like there is definitely parts of initiation that I would like, this is kind of culty. I can't talk. I feel weird talking about it. Like, I don't want to, but I'm kind of like, maybe should. Maybe second time. Maybe we do the second time. We'll talk all about initiations, all the dirt, all the secrets. Well, thank you for sharing everything. Yeah. Thank you for letting me share.